Welcome to a brand new episode of The Pop Cannon. This is episode 60 and we are talking The Suicide Squad. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, we're your hosts. My name is Jordan. I'm Robert. I'm the Paul. Ah. And I'm a Joe. (laughs) (laughs) One of many. (laughs) So the Suicide Squad dropped. It's a James Gunn film from DC. Mm. I think we're pretty much all in agreement that we liked this movie. I certainly did. There was plenty of bright spots, not many lows, lot of interesting character decisions and the movie really really took its time to care about these characters in a way that warner brothers doesn't normally let their films do you know it doesn't let filmmakers explore these characters i was one of the few people that enjoyed the first suicide squad however i haven't rewatched it since the theater experience oh my god (laughs) um i know there's been a lot of issues plaguing that film um and this movie treats that movie with respect while also forging its own path yeah robert what did you think about the suicide squad uh i'll go from I'll, i'll move up from like i'll accept that we all liked it but i loved it um I had so much fun just from the from the beginning it was it I got hooked right in and it legitimately transported me I feel like and I feel like it was pure escapism for like by the time the credits rolled I I like realized I was in my house still like I feel like I was taken away from all of the issues and all of the outside stuff that was that was bothering me and I was actually allowed to enjoy something and laugh my ass off for two and a half hours. I really, really enjoyed this. And um, James Gunn fucking killed it. The cast fucking killed it. The action was insane, brutal, and over the top, and just, like, massively enjoyable and fun. Paul, what did you think? The first thing I said about it was that it was, like, pure escapism, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah that's it seems like that was really all that he was like worried about was just like just having fun um i don't think it's perfect there are definitely some things that bother me about it from like a comic book fan perspective i would say i think it kind of suffers from the same thing that deadpool does in a way where because deadpool depends so much on on the rule of funny Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh, we, you know, uh, you can forego lore, you can forego consistency as long as it's funny, right? Yeah. Uh, I feel if like you execute this mo- the funny, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I feel like this movie, not probably not as much as Deadpool, but it does that. And in doing that, I think it takes away from, like, feeling like you should care about some of the characters. You know what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. like, it's mm-hmm. not exactly a... It has heartwarming moments, and it has characters that are specifically for those heartwarming moments. But there yeah. are also characters where it's just like, okay, like, should I root for them? Should I? Are they the bad guy? Like, it was very like gray morality sort of throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing, which mm-hmm. isn't bad. I'm not saying it's bad, but like, it's just hard to get 
certain things across maybe i don't know maybe i'm just explaining it poorly but um i think that's the only only like criticism that i would have about this movie like but uh, I don't want to like go on for too long. I want to like yeah. get into more of like throw, to, throw to Plus Joe. Joe. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. I did really enjoy this. Um, I see where you guys are coming from with some of the shortcomings. I really admire like James Gunn's ability to like cut to the heart of like any character. Yeah. Um, he like finds something to care about in anybody that he writes. I think his storytelling is really good up until he hits a climax. And then like the Starro fight at the end was just kind of very anticlimactic. Um, but everything else leading up to that was like a wild ride. I don't think I got bored with any scene. And like you like jump mm-hmm. from like completely different narratives, it seems like that all, you know, converge by the end. Um, to Paul's point of like the gray morality it was definitely a tightrope walk that they did um, where there's no, there's no good guys here because they're, like, mm-hmm. they're criminals who are being right. sent out to do this mission mm-hmm. by people who are worse. So yeah, there's no good people. There's just less bad people, even to the point of like Starro had like a motivation <laughs> that was just like, I didn't even want to be here, but <laughs> yeah. you did this to me, um, which I like, I really, I like that where these aren't, cut and dry black and white characters the whole movie exists in the gray um so i thought that that was done pretty well personally and otherwise like just the story beats up until like i said the end just kind of felt like it needed to happen but they didn't know a good way to do it but like Mm -hmm. the opening told you everything you needed to know without explaining it at you which by the end fell off because then the thinker just explains at you the twist of what happened with sorrow. So that was frustrating for me that something that they did so well in the beginning of the movie didn't carry through the very end. But yeah, the first, you know, three quarters of the movie are amazing. And then the end is fine, which just makes up to a pretty good movie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's a pretty good take on this. I feel like, and and I definitely love this movie, and I think it's the best take on Harley Quinn that we've gotten so far, which I'll yeah. get into in a minute. But it also gave us a really good look at Amanda Waller yeah. uh, again, which Viola Davis is phenomenal, um, a role that I think that she owns and I don't think anyone else could touch. No, not after her. Yeah, no. I'm so <laughs> thankful that we got her back for this. Yeah, because um, mm-hmm. she was she was one of the highlights for Suicide Squad, and once again for me in the Suicide Squad, she was a highlight. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of Amanda Waller and her overall characterization in the larger scale DCEU? And dude, she just like the ultimate pragmatist, mm. <laughs> like. Nothing, nothing matters short of the goal, and the mm-hmm. ends justify the means, no matter what they are. <laughs> <laughs> she will step over and bury anything in her path to get to the thing at the end. Like yeah. so, in this, she the 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 whole thing is that we find out at the end is not necessarily 
getting rid of Starro. That's not the fucking problem. The problem is the information in the computer says that the U.S. government was involved, and that's what she wanted to get rid of the entire time. Right. And she wastes th- 30 villains on, like, it's just, it's like an endless fucking wave of people that she's willing <laughs> to throw at it to make sure that it goes away, which I think is fucking amazing. She was tasked with doing something from someone higher up and she has a fucking job and everybody underneath her is going to make sure that that happens. Right. And she, her delivery of it, like just everything is so, she's so fucking intense, Mm. so intense. And I just couldn't get over the scenes that had her in it. And like, I think one of my favorite moments with Amanda Waller is when they, go get rat catcher two. she's like oh i'm so sorry to have disturbed you and she's like it's okay shut the door like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. and amanda waller's like get it. like it's just <laughs> you know like she was being courteous but like from a managerial point of view like she's only saying the nice thing because she feels like she has to she's yeah. not asking this girl to fucking wake up she's telling her to come with her yeah and i love that i love that kind of shit it seems like in the uh in the original suicide squad she had more opportunities to seem like sinister maybe it's just because this this movie the suicide squad uh is is just more like more lighthearted in general yeah i uh, like i think she was like a, a part of a joke at least once i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is fine i'm just it's uh i what i was gonna say was i think the way they filled that gap was by having those um those like people who worked under her, those like tech yeah. people. Yeah. And they actually like had a, like a story thread with them. Yeah. See, seeing what the lengths that she would go to. Yeah. So, so that was there. It's still in the movie. And I thought that was a really good way, really cool way to do that. I love Steve Ag being like, all right, the stuff with his daughter though. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not actually gonna, cause he's, like having the morality crisis of like, are we party to that yeah, right yeah. now? Yeah, <laughs> like, see, he's just like a you. normal. Yeah, he's just like yeah. just some guy. I thought he was supposed to be the bad guy. You know? like, <laughs> that's the question that he's asking. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, like we said, Viola Davis has like an amazing presence, and I it it has been a while since I've seen the old Suicide Squad. Um, which I'll just say, like for a note, they should have had a subtitle. Like it's just so fucking annoying to have suicide squad and the suicide squad but i think she's much scarier in a way in this movie and i think part of that is like paul said that they like leaned into the light-hearted nature so like the contrast of her just being that presence throughout um i think really highlighted her performance um and yeah i think like i'm not a huge like DC head but I know like my familiarity with the character outside of this performance is um like she's in Batman the animated series and I think like Batman Beyond and they like Justice League too okay yeah um and they kind of like tease at her like kind of gray morality there but like Mm -hmm. this is definitely the most like gray (laughs) yeah like this is the most like Amanda Waller is like yeah up to some shit (laughs) <laughs> um, which makes which, sense when you translate it to the to yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah, for I sure. read I read some Justice League stuff I think from the New 52 that she was in or it was like Trinity War. Something in the New 52 Amanda Waller was in where it was I don't even know if it was necessarily after the original Suicide Squad, but it was like 
very similar characterization from from both of the both of the Suicide Squad movies to that comic book where she's yeah. very similar in how she's like willing to get things done. And like Jordan said, um I like that this while it's like insistent that this is its own thing, it doesn't invalidate the first no. Suicide Squad. Like that whole opening sequence is very like Yes, we've kept doing this. Like this, right, is, right. We've got it down to a science. The first movie feels like it was the pilot mission, right? And and it feels like with the way that it was set up, they've been doing this the entire time, and we just get to watch this one, right? Yeah. Like that's what it feels like. And, and like, I fucking such love a that. fucking like concise opening where like they demonstrate the stakes of like. <laughs> with like flipping the switches to blow up their heads without having to like stand around a table and like hold up the device and threaten them. Right. Like I, it was just amazing storytelling to like tell you everything you needed to know and then yeah. let the story start going. And yeah. I like that. Like the first one, I think she was more hesitant about things like try cause she was trying to mm -hmm. prove the program, but now she's like, I've got what I want and I can do whatever I want. Now. Yeah. Yeah, and these people are which, expendable. Like, right, throw yeah. an entire team on the other side of the island just <laughs> to get the others in on the other side. And it's not even—I guess it's not even technically a cold open. I think it would be classified as a hook. Like this is what oh yeah, we got to see so much happen before it said Warner Brothers presents, uh, <laughs> which they laid out in uh savant's blood in the water which is a theme that then continued throughout yes. the movie yeah the chapter chapters. titles oh i, I loved it the most fucking creative <laughs> yeah like exactly. i don't know why people don't do it more in movies yeah if you think about it because nobody, <laughs> nobody really like questions the fact that the shit on the sand is spelling out now you know yeah, what I, I mean i think that was my favorite one because it felt so natural and then it I mean, there's something else we're going to talk about too, for sure. But like, then the camera kind of like punches in beyond it. So mm -hmm. like, only we're supposed to see that, and then right. we follow the characters for, for the rest of it. Yeah. I. It's it, also the, very comic booky, so it fits yes. perfectly. It, in exactly. This genre. Yes. It felt Absolutely. like you're reading a graphic novel. You're thumbing through yeah. it, and then you're yes. at the end of a chapter, and you're on to the next one. Yes. Yeah. My exactly. favorite, personally, was uh, the Jotunheim one. Yes, that's what uh, I was going to say. Uh, yep. And then the camera the just goes one. up and past it. I loved yeah. that. That was such a creative way to do your title sequences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do wonder if that one was actually physical or if they just did it 3D. But that, like the effect was good. Like It looked real. And it I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is a testament to their effects in general, which looked really good throughout the entire movie, in my opinion. Definitely. But, Paul, you were going to say something else about the transitions. It's so much better and it's cooler and than just having, like, a text at the bottom that mm -hmm. says where we are or, like, what time. Because, like, it helps the viewer uh, suspend disbelief. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, something weird that you're seeing. Yeah. And, and like, I think specifically the one that's, like, it, where it's in fire. Yes. Yeah. Like, like that one is, like, oh, you, you just can't do that unless you have pyrotechnics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't just do that. But yeah. you're not thinking that because it's done in such a way that you're, like, and especially by that point, you had already seen a few of them. So many times. And then yeah. the fire one specifically corrects itself. 
Yeah. Because it says <laughs> yeah. the wrong thing. It make, yeah, it makes the title almost like a character in the movie where like it's like, this is what we're going to do. But then Rick Flagg yeah. says, no, actually, we have to do this. And it's like, oh, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically that three shot of them, Idris Elba, John Cena, and, and Joel Kinnaman, um, in the clothes that they were wearing specifically. Yeah. Uh, I want that to be a different movie about something else. <laughs> the three of them, specifically, again, like three dads that were at a barbecue and now they have to save the world. Like, I want just the three of those guys to be in something because yeah. it just looked so funny. And yeah. they all, especially the three of them, I would say, had really great chemistry with each other because they worked together. Oh, I yeah. I feel like the most, the three of them were together a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That beat when they're in the back of the armored car. Yeah, it was yeah. perfect. Oh. The, yeah. The, the performances in this movie were fucking unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Um, they really were, yeah. Yeah, and everyone's chemistry was really good and, like, off the charts, surprisingly. Yeah, because yeah. it's a massive cast, and that's what's, like, so funny about that opening is, like, they hit the beach, and we've already had, like, the intro thing and they're, they, the, the plane conversation which I think is like part of how they hook he, James Gunn is so able to hook you so good is that the the banter is funny for one and it's like entertaining and humorous but it's also like super punchy and fast so you're you feel like you're sitting there but you can't get a word in you know what I mean like right. in a way like yeah. you're kind of no, like exactly. there with them and you're like huh like you're following the conversation as it's happening and i think that he just i think he fucking killed that so then when they get to the beach and they blow off pete davidson's face <laughs> um you then real like at that point i didn't realize that half of the cast that i knew was in this movie wasn't there <laughs> i didn't realize that yeah and then they say bring in team two and we cut to seeing who they were and i'm like how did I think that? Th how did I think that that was the whole team? Like, I know that all of those guys were in it. Like, obviously John Cena wasn't in it in the beginning. Why did right. I think that? Just, because you get so sucked into what's happening, mm. you don't right. even think about it. So then, when you get more shit, you're like, "Fuck, this is great." And I was under the impression that, like, oh, okay, maybe they're going to kill off half this team and then have to bring on more people. That's like, what later I thought. On. That's what I assumed. Uh, yeah. But it was such an interesting decision that caught me off guard yeah. Yeah. to, oh, Team 2 is over on the other side of the island. Like, it was a distraction the entire time from the jump. Yeah, they're they're yeah. literally all meant to die, and yes. none of them were supposed to survive that. <laughs> and that was the point of sending them in to be the distraction. She wanted to get rid of that group of people. That's why they were fucking Team 1. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And, like, I just, we have to talk about Weasel. <laughs> oh, my God. Man. So they drop Weasel into the water. <laughs> and he starts flailing around. And I was just like, oh, my God, they're going to kill him off. They're going to kill him off right now. And all of a sudden, Savant's like, the Weasel's dead. And I'm losing it in the Dude. theater. I'm just laughing like a child. <laughs> yeah. Because... You see Weasel, and we've talked about this. We've talked about Weasel on a previous yeah. episode. Yeah. 
And Release the weasel cut of Empire. The entire the time we're just going, what the hell is this character? And it what the matter. hell are they going to do with him? Well, no, it does matter, though, because well, he's know. alive. <laughs> like, I just, I love that the way that Joel Kinnaman delivers everything that has to do with Weasel <laughs> up to that point. Like, when he's naming the crew as they're walking in front of the American flag, he even, like, playfully said, Weasel. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he says into his calm in his ear <laughs> he's like nobody checked if the weasel could swim and yeah. nobody responds because everyone's just like that wasn't my job and the contrast of having that small team yeah. in like the office setting taking yeah. bets on everyone on who's yeah, going to survive touch, and stuff yeah. just a normal morning meeting a good meeting everyone yeah and then playing that to Everyone panicking when Weasel is drowning. Yeah. And nobody saves him. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Cut, they're, I'm like, oh my god, they're going to let Weasel die before any action happens. And then cut to, he's just floating in the water. <laughs> I, dude, on the, on, the sh- on the plane, when Pete Davidson asks what kind of dog it is. Yeah. I lost it, and the only reason I knew what was said after that was because I was reading the subtitles, because yeah. I was laughing so fucking hard I couldn't do anything. And he's like, he, he freaks out because he thinks he's next to a werewolf or something? Like, yeah, yeah. Unfucking believably funny, dude. I just, I can't get over that part of the movie, and that's not even the fucking movie. Yeah. Right. But Joe, you mentioned that they were expendable. Right. And that was the vibe that I got because a guilty pleasure of mine is watching at least that first Expendables movie because it's a little bit of fun action. And this felt so much like that because the overall thing on the island didn't really matter. It was just to blow shit up. Like, that's kind of what the fuck was going on. But Corto Maltese is a DC Easter egg. That's that's yeah. a thing that exists in DC over and over again. And I, th- I think it's initial inception was in the dark knight returns it's a it it doesn't obviously exist but like gotham city it's a thing that exists for dc so then we get to keep using an actual place that exists already he didn't make up a place or use an existing place he used an existing dc place yeah which i think is important and just kind of helps fold the rest of the movie into just like it's in that universe still Mm -hmm. you know i love that yeah, which goes to Joe's point of it doesn't discredit yeah. the original Suicide Squad that yeah. they had, uh, which this, a lot of people say, is course correction. I don't necessarily think so. I think it's more another story yeah. that we get in this overarching DC universe that we yeah. get, you know? Cle- yeah, clearly um, it wasn't working for executives to try and, like, ring things through. I don't know, maybe they... It didn't really seem like they were trying to do that anyway with the fucking Zack Snyder's shit. Like, no. it didn't really... It, but I guess now... They like, didn't want e- to. <laughs> they care even less now, it seems like, that things are connected. Yeah, and maybe so they're just that, like, like connected if you want. Who gives yeah, a shit? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it at least seems to give them, like, more freedom. I don't yeah. know. Um, I Jordan, you mentioned you mentioned Harley. You mentioned how this is the best iteration of her, which I absolutely agree with. But I will say that it's complex now because all of the times that we've seen her previously have been layered into where she is now. 
Mm-hmm. So like you don't need to see them to understand how Harley is the way that she is because you know what Harley Quinn's supposed to be. But having watched her go through what she went through in Suicide Squad and then watch what happens in Birds of Prey to get to this Harley makes her so much more deep. And there's context to her that you can kind of wring from, like her her shirt when they're in the plane said, um, it was a take on a common phrase, but it said something like, it was like live hard, die clown or something. Die clown, that was it. I fucking love that kind of shit, dude. Like, because it doesn't need to be there, but somebody was like, no, we're going to put that on the back of her jacket. She's going to wear it in mm-hmm. half of a scene, and mm-hmm. we're not going <laughs> to really talk about it, but like, we're going to have those moments in there that you can. Yeah. connect to shit if you need to but if not it's still there yeah yeah what did you think about harley overall i think she was on par with um birds of prey in my opinion um just because like that was very harley centric movie even though it was another yeah. team movie but i like i liked how much they gave her in this especially since she's like not even with the team for most of it so like mm-hmm. half of the movie is just harley on her own doing harley but I like that she always like finds like a kinship with people, like whatever group she's in. Um, like it'll be nice to someday like see her in her own movie on her own, not part of a team. But it's also like great to see her interact with everybody. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's it's only happened twice, but it seems like now like every time you see Harley, you're gonna have to like have a pop color fight <laughs> sequence, whether it's like the. The cult, the smoke bombs in Birds of Prey, or like the cartoon flowers and stuff in this, but like it worked. It was just like, is this gonna happen every time? Dude, I I hope so. It was a really that's what I mean. Like I loved it. It that all worked for me because Harley as a character fundamentally represents like fun and chaos and unpredictability, and she's actually crazy, which I feel like this movie. highlights in a way that none of the others really do like that she's actually an insane person right like people tend to forget they're like oh i love harley quinn oh my god i love harley she's so funny like no dude she's yeah that you forget that she's just like who's milton (laughs) we just had a conversation for 30 minutes about your name being milton like little things like that uh, make it so much more fun so seeing a fight scene like that yeah kind of from her perspective is so fun because you know all that shit's just happening and that's what she's seeing i was gonna say that's like we get to see in her imagination what that violence looks like because it almost with the cartoon characters and the flowers shooting out there was blood splatter Mm -hmm. but it was all kind of like filtered with that stuff so it didn't even look nearly as violent as it was as she murdered like 27 people in a hallway yeah (laughs) you know in a way in a way when i was watching that i thought that what we were seeing was being generated by the javelin because because she takes she grabs it right after you start seeing flowers and then it seems to like extend the effect as she's using it Uh, maybe maybe it was just like maybe it was yeah yeah but I think is that I, something I think, the javelin does? <laughs> no, I don't know. I, that was a thing though. Like they, that was another like one of those throwaway characters, which yeah. I, I have I have such mixed feelings about it because it's like I feel like so many of them are missed opp- opportunities. Like because Flu Leborg is so yeah. fucking funny. Uh, Nathan Fillion was awesome, and I loved that. <laughs> I loved that uh, 
TDK setup, and then it's then you then she's like detachable kid, and then you're like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> this is this is my favorite. One of my favorite things that happens in this entire movie is when they announce what that is, and then you see him do it, <laughs> and then literally we're watching it. The first the the first viewing that I had, uh, Amanda goes, "What the fuck?" And then the second when she finishes the. Harley Quinn goes, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I fucking I love lost it. it. I lost it. I was like, if you waited one second, you could have said it together. <laughs> and that's like, I know that I have complained about, in the past, scripts being self-referential and not liking it in, like, a Deadpool 2 where they make three or four mentions as to how bad the script is. Um, right. But this, uh, it felt like, obviously, it felt like a natural fucking reaction, considering that's literally what the reaction was before Harley reacted to it. So I think that that's at least interesting, <laughs> mm-hmm. that he was able to generate a natural reaction out of everybody, and then Harley, speaking for you, says it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, TDK was fucking hilarious. Yeah, speaking about the characters and being expendable... I was very upset that they killed off Captain Boomerang at the very beginning. I know. Uh, was not expecting that. No. At all. <laughs> I think that helped lead to kind of how unpredictable it was. I mean, I, I didn't necessarily expect Pete Davidson yeah. or or Flula Borg to be in it very long, you know? Yeah. I think I kind of expected Michael Rooker to be in it a little longer, to be honest. <laughs> but when I saw his wig, I was like, he's dying immediately <laughs> they're not gonna make me look at this for two hours no but you're right though in that it made you think oh who are they gonna kill yeah the yeah. characters you don't necessarily know previous you don't really care about yeah. dying like yeah. you were saying earlier paul but like when you get to captain boomerang dying on the beach you're like oh no yeah like, and you're this like, could be anyone now yeah. my arms shit. went up and i was yeah. like oh shit the stakes are like real and it's not even like they he died because he tried going and running away right. and got his head blown up <laughs> like he died on the mission which yeah. is crazy to think about yeah. so right off the bat the stakes were like very clear and talking about Oh, well, you're thinking Polka Dot Man or Ratcatcher 2. They're going to be throwaway characters that they put into this movie. And then, wait, all of a sudden, there you are caring about them. There you yeah. are them becoming part of the heart of this film. Yeah. And this movie has a lot of heart. I think. I it does. Like, I feel like James Gunn knew exactly how people would attach to Polka Dot Man instantly. Because it's a weird character, because it's obviously stupid, he decided to instead create intrigue around what that could be. Yeah. <laughs> and then slowly reveal pieces of it as we go along to the point that, like, when it finally happens and we get to see what he could do, you're just like, what the fuck, dude? This is insane. <laughs> love that. I love that so much, he, man. He was fucking wonderful. Yeah. In that role. And David Dustmalchen is just like a fucking great actor. Like when he's in Ant Man, like he steals every scene that he's in. Yeah, even though he's just like a fucking side character. And, I mean, and, even and, as far back as The Dark Knight, 
I was just gonna say, yeah. I just you remember his face. Yeah. yeah. I remember that <laughs> he doesn't even I don't think he says anything in the dark night, but like every time I've seen him since then, I'm like, that's the guy. Well he's just <laughs> he, I think that's he just pleads dude. for his life, basically. Um, yeah, he kind of like, he's so <laughs> expressive yeah. and he's captivating, so yeah. he, he kind of pulls you in and steals the scene that he's yeah. in. When he when when Idris Elba goes <laughs> Oh, we're all gonna fucking die. <laughs> he just looks at him so forlorn. He's just like, I hope so. <laughs> you believe that? Uh, and, then, and then, and then, um, when he, when in a, uh, I think his rat catcher is like, I thought you were the crazy one. He's just like, I am. I am. <laughs> like, the most uncomfortable, like, way possible. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought the way that they visualized on screen him seeing everyone as oh his mother my God. fascinating. I thought uh, that yeah, was, was so good. clever, so much fun. Cuz uh, at first I only noticed the one and then it's like also like your eyes kind of pull back to see that the rest of them look like that. And like even and they're all in the different shapes of yeah. the characters. Yeah. Which yeah. I really they're not just his mom, it's just like he his mom is everyone. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like <laughs> like she's the size of King Shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that fucking made me lose it. <laughs> or the dance scene in the fucking club where everybody around him is his mom. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But even that, where they like they establish it as like a one-off joke, but then it's like, no, there's like some like real trauma attached to this, and that's why <laughs> yes, this guy yeah, is the way he is. Yep. <laughs> He's like, if I just picture everyone as my mother, it's easy to kill them. <laughs> it, it's cool that he worked that trauma into his powers. Yes. Yeah. Because yes. I don't think that's yeah. what I don't think that's his origin in the comics. I Probably think it's not. just in the comics, it's just fucking stupid or whatever. Right. But, uh, the, the fact that it's like an interdimensional fucking virus, virus or whatever, <laughs> I thought yeah. that was fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, so like weird. Yeah. And I like yeah. that they tied it back to Star Labs. Yeah. It's like yes. a DC thing that yep. connects everything and it fits yeah. in so well, but it doesn't rely on that. No. It's just a thing. If you know it, it's cool. Yeah. If it's you just don't, a, it's you, just a whatever. Reference. Right. Yeah. Um, which I, I appreciated. That. Also, I want to say fucking John Cena (laughs) fully embodied this character to like a crazy. So I I want to read this really quick on the on the Wikipedia page. It says that he tried to do like a full metal jacket sort of like drill sergeant at first. And then James Gunn was like, no, be a douchey, growy Captain America, which is like that is literally what he fucking like. Yeah. He He said in an interview, too, like, (laughs) saying how in WWE, if you could explain your character in, like, one line, like, they'll get it. Right. So he said James Gunn told him to do that, and he goes, I got it. I can do that. (laughs) He knew exactly what to do. And I think he's so so fit for that role, for one, to just be the guy that, like, is a joke, but he doesn't think that he's a joke because that's almost what his <laughs> WWE character wound up being at a certain point. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he already knows how to be a douchey, arrogant prick that thinks he's better than everyone, but everyone is looking down at. <laughs> <laughs> right. He already gets that part of it. So, like, for him delivering some of that shit. Where like especially where he was like yeah because it's dope as fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah Andrew yeah but turns around and he's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like fuck he's right 
It is dope as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so stupid, but it's fucking. It's perfect because you just believe that that guy would would talk that way. But see, yeah, right. Cena fucking nailed it. It's another movie where he got to wear jorts, which I think is just becoming a <laughs> meme of him, like such a meta fucking thing with John Cena that he wears jorts in every movie now. Because <laughs> he wrestled in jorts for fucking thirteen or fourteen years. <laughs> like, it's crazy that they're able to do that now. But yeah, fucking Cena killed it, dude. Uh, everything yeah. with that character was amazing. Their brutality yeah. mm. with which Peacemaker dealt with everything, <laughs> which is right. kind of, he had a fucking like I didn't even realize he had a sword. He had a fucking sword, right? <laughs> yeah, I and I feel like they also breathed new life into Rick Flag. Yes, not at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Until he died. Yeah. Uh, oh yes. <laughs> True. But yeah, Joel Kinnaman did an did an article or did an interview that Jordan shared with me uh, earlier this morning, where he talked about how like they kind him and James Gunn kind of agreed that this is just like a different guy. Mm. Uh, Interesting. So he wasn't. He's at a different place in his life. Yeah, he wasn't relying on what that character was or how he acted in the previous film. He's just a different person. But I think it still worked because no, yeah, it didn't still, seem too different no he just was like more funny yes Mm -hmm. yeah and it was just better it just worked better and joel kinnaman is not a guy that does comedies like ever ever so he was able to kind of learn how to do comedy with this group of people which is fucking there's no there's a really it's really hard to find a better group of people to kind of like mold you through that i think yeah so he did i think he did a really great job too oh yeah Joe, what did you think about Peacemaker and uh, Rick Flag in this? <laughs> Peacemaker is definitely like the guy you love to hate. Um, yeah, there was like depth to like such a shallow seeming character, like especially yes. just like his like commitment to like what he like claims to represent and everything, and even like the <laughs> sadness in his eyes when he kills Rick Flag and like he yeah. says like what a fucking joke and like. In his head, he's just like, I don't know if this is right, but like outwardly, he always has to be like, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and like the fucking like way he's standing in his cell doorway when they're walking by before he can fall <laughs> in the line. Yeah. Just, oh, such a fucking asshole. <laughs> it's great. I hope. I hope what they end up doing because I know they already said they're saying that there's gonna be a series. Yeah. I hope what they end up it. doing is like this fucking amazing like redemption thing with him you know what i mean like it's possible because that's what they say in the post credit they say that they need him to save the fucking world right yeah but like that's what they were claiming to do here so yeah yeah. i'm just i i I looked the character up and that's like part of his character is yeah like he want he he wants peace i'll kill whoever Uh, i need to to and that's who that's who um the comedian in watchmen was based off of Oh, really? really? Oh, really? Yes. That's yes. Shit. That's awesome. And then uh, Cena just like waking up in the middle of the night and standing there in his tidy whities uh, <laughs> was kind of the funniest fucking thing ever because he was still standing like he was in the doorway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he had no shoes and no socks. They're in the fucking jungle and he's just wearing <laughs> underwear. <laughs> like that to me for. Bloodsport is wearing his entire garb Combat and sleeping. <laughs> Everyone else is completely dressed in fucking Peacemaker. <laughs> took his clothes off to go to sleep because he has to sleep that way. Like, I just love that he was un, uh, 
uh, all over again, unflinching in like what he does, you yeah. know, uh, that that's another another point to that, I feel like. And then he said when he was when he was pointing the gun at Ratcatcher 2 at the end, um, she said, you don't have to kill me. Just destroy the fucking drive. It's right there. And he goes, yeah, but I'm thorough. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and he didn't even want to he, like he didn't want to kill her, but he just felt like he had to now because she knew about the thing. Yeah. And he was yeah. told to not leave any trace of it behind. Yep. Like the mission is more important to him, which is where you get the Captain America vibe, than all of the rest of the shit. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him a douchebag. <laughs> yep. His fight scene with Rick Flag was one of my favorite things within this movie. When they're in the helmet and panning yes. around it, that was amazing. Yes. Oh my yeah. god, dude, oh my god. dude, that was a practical shot. Yeah, I bet. They what fucking, the fuck? Yeah, dude. it wasn't. They didn't CG the fight into the helmet. They, like, set the helmet down <laughs> and, and they filmed, filmed a scene of a fight scene behind it. That's wild. Around. That's unfucking believable <laughs> Yeah. Because it looked, it, I mean, it didn't look like it was CG, but when you see that, you kind of just go like, oh, okay. You know, they, they probably just added that on there. That's neat. With That's everything neat little... else in this movie seeing like a giant shark and everything like you're just assuming there's a shitload of special yeah. effects in in this yeah. movie so, to so do like that it's easy to assume that that would yeah. be like a impractical shot but to do that in camera and block that space out was amazing yeah. i need to yeah. go i can't wait to go back and rewatch and watch that, that. It, it's crazy yeah. it's crazy I, I, and they they had a they had another really great uh, action scene together where they're like infiltrating who the people who end up being the rebels. But uh, uh, dude. when they're dude, it's so good how they shoot it. It's like and like Peacemaker like stabs the dude lying down like eight times. Yeah, they look so bored. <laughs> and, but like, and then there's like an angle where like somebody like comes up to punch and the camera turns and then you see people there. Yeah. yeah, like you don't even know that they're there at first. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's just shot like so like fluidly they, and yeah, and then yeah, because you're following the two of them as they're trying to outdo each other. Yes, so you're following them like you're kind of behind one, so you could see the other, and they're doing shit back and forth. <laughs> and then uh, Peacemaker climbs up onto the roof of that, and the camera goes up with him, and then turns behind him. Yeah, so kind of over his shoulder, like a video game shot. Which <laughs> he fucking... has the dart, the fucking darts, and he's killing <laughs> these pe. And the woman just comes out of the side, and he like, and you, <laughs> you fucking see it all the way hit her, and she just drops, and you're like, Jesus! Like I loved how intense that made that even though like those people were just doing mundane tasks right <laughs> like the first guy king shark eats the dude that's like smoking a cigarette yeah like he's just standing there like and he fucking he's dead he gets eaten <laughs> by a shark like, well cause like the whole thing going through my mind through that whole scene which like was really like a big payoff when you get to the actual like yeah. kicker of like these aren't the the military was like Amanda Waller says like these are dangerous people and like we don't see them like even put up a fight because they're right. so like unaware of what's going on around them and i'm like these are dangerous people right <laughs> like when it became abundantly clear to me was when they killed the woman that was washing the clothes in the water yeah, right. singing a song <laughs> and then it was I... like oh no they're murdering innocent people <laughs> that entire scene to me felt like a video game like yes. a, oh, yeah. a mission in a video game where you have to stealthily take yeah. everybody out 
Um, <laughs> and I think they they pulled it off incredibly well. And when that woman was washing the dishes, <laughs> I was just like, oh, so maybe it's like a village where there's like some people there with the group and they're not right. necessarily all evil. So, but these are bad guys. So I guess we could let it go. And then we get to the end and find out. Uh, fucking blood so fucking good. Instead of just shooting the guy in the back of the head, he shoots <laughs> the fan off of the desk <laughs> into the bathtub to electrocute him to death. <laughs> <laughs> Literally just a dude like fucking such lounging. Violence. And then they lie about it. They get to the end and then they're just like, I didn't see anyone. Oh yeah, there was nobody out there. There was just, there was nobody. And Polka Dot Man's just like, I killed them. <laughs> I made them look like my mother in my head and I killed them. <laughs> what did you guys fucking think hell. about King Shark? I fucking loved King Shark, dude. Really? I, I somehow <laughs> Sylvester Stallone was able to pull that off, man. The personification, the inflections in his voice, even though he sounds stupid. <laughs> like it just <laughs> It was so fucking good. When he when she's like, you wouldn't eat your friends, right? And he's like No. <laughs> <laughs> and Sid goes, he's obviously lying. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone was really I thought fun. he was I thought he was dead four times. I was like, oh, <laughs> I swear yeah, to God, same, every time yeah. something happened, I was like, Oh, well there goes King Shark. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, there goes King Shark. Oh. <laughs> like I said that four times. <laughs> but I liked that though because they actually made him seem like yeah. well, he's like a he's like an old god or something like that. We're not mm. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Giving him <laughs> that ability to withstand that damage is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think he had like a lot of heart. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um maybe not as much as a rat catcher. Maybe no. maybe. Yeah. Um, he was much more endearing where she yeah. was more like a hearted character because of the, the incredibly fucking tragic story that she gets to tell right. <laughs> and then foiled against Bloodsport's story of his past and like how societal perception of what those two people would come from mm. is like inverted in a way. So, like, she was like, I wish that you could have felt the love that my father had for me, even though he's all of the bad things about society, but yet he loved his daughter and gave it set her up to be a good, good person. Where, like, Bloodsport didn't have that opportunity at all. So, I, I just loved sharing those two stories back to back. And then they immediately felt for one another after that. And, yeah. like, I just Elba fucking turns around as, like, wiping his eyes and shit. Like, it endears you more to that character as the film is going on, which I liked a lot. At the end of the day, that was essentially, she was the heart of the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that, like, comparing rats are the, are the like, most vile and hated yeah. creatures in all of the animal kingdom or whatever. Uh, but everyone has their purpose, and essentially, like, that's what yeah. the story is. Like, even though these people are pieces of shit... They still serve a purpose and can do good at the end of the day, which I think is an interesting commentary because at the end of the day, like, we're just human. Like, we're human beings. That was (laughs) – there's not a lot of, like, crossover between this and Guardians of the Galaxy in my opinion, but that was the we are Groot moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) We are rats. (laughs) We are all rats. (laughs) 
I like that um, every character like on the like the real team that we got by the end like they each had like a purpose for being there yeah there yeah, yeah. there was a reason that they sent king shark along um right. i asked about king shark just because like i felt like iffy about like how stupid they made him out to be just because like in like the harley quinn show like he's it's ronald funches so he's like kind of dumb but he's still like you know more of a person so to make him just like that you know like monosyllabic and like dumb was a little frustrating um i don't think he was dumb as much as he was simple okay yeah i think there's a a line there because i don't think the character is stupid yeah but i don't think that because of what he looks like and how he has to live that he necessarily needs or enjoys any sort of like amenities or any he doesn't have like desires or anything you know what i mean like he's not complex in that way he's just like a dude that a giant fucking shark man and that's literally all that he can be (laughs) that's fair i guess to me it seemed like he it was more like he was learning yeah yeah because he was reading a book at the start upside down down. (laughs) yeah king shark doesn't always have a purpose but like he has a purpose for being there ultimately so it's like fun to have like a little like side view of like and what's he been up to Oh, he's right. playing with these fish or whatever, and that's dude, how dude. That was so here. cute, though. Yeah. Was, was that like a reference, or those like a thing from the comics? I don't know. I don't. I don't... Yeah, I, I didn't wasn't really sure what was going on with that. It seemed like yeah. they were trying to make it like it was another one, another uh, experiment. experiment. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I guess. They're yeah. Prob- it's probably a deep pull from from the comics, and it's just an Easter egg, and like it's another thing that if you're aware that that's a thing. Right. If not, you're going to get enough information to understand that what this is what they are. Right. Because they're probably not from Earth. That <laughs> was what yeah. my guess would be. Yeah. But yeah, all those little like side cutaways. So like him being in the aquarium or like the entire sequence of like Harley killing the fucking president. But like having like <laughs> like a romantic fucking montage with him. It was insane. That was amazing, dude. Yeah. The, the the Harley like I keep I, in my head I keep thinking of it as like a vignette like oh, yeah. the Harley vignette <laughs> right. was fucking Harley tries dating again because <laughs> 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 they they pull her out of that hole or they drop the fucking dress in and they're like get dressed <laughs> and you're like what the fuck is happening that was so cool and yeah. she has like a great reaction to like how she looks in, in the dress <laughs> she's a princess yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so fucking cool. I will say, though, that uh, during that, not the montage itself, but, like, a, I guess a bit before she, like, just flat out murders him, uh, <laughs> that was the one time in the movie where I did felt feel like things were dragging a little. Really? I, yeah, I'm not really sure why, like, maybe because everything else was just so punchy and, like, quick and yeah. back and forth. It could be also because it felt so out of place and you didn't know where it was going. Because it wasn't part of their plan. Right. So it was a completely different thing. It was pretty, like, the whole thing was pretty unpredictable. Everybody shows up to rescue her and she meets them outside. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I wish that wasn't spoiled within the trailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I did really like seeing the... uh, seeing them just run around kind of in like normal clothes yeah 
<laughs> just like, and not really being like sneaky either. They're just like running like yeah. cr- across the street. Like it just looks so out of place. Fucking peacemakers up in a bell tower in his shorts, <laughs> wearing his bedpan helmet yeah. and <laughs> pointing a gun at a woman who's washing the dishes like, I got eyes on one of them <laughs> but like it just shows the care that they took with these characters to yeah. form relationships with one another cause when Rick Flag like realizes that Harley's behind him he's like well, well we, were gonna, we were gonna save you and then she like gets emotional yeah. and I liked that yeah, because uh, these characters actually do care about each other <laughs> she as much as they don't want to admit that, you know. She hugs him and he rubs her with the gun. In yeah. Him. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just was like, that's a that's like so perfect because she probably does like to her. That's not even weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not at all. So I know that we haven't really touched on Idris Elba as Bloodsport. But there originally, I think, was supposed to be a role for Will Smith. Yes. As oh. uh, Deadshot. Deadshot, yep. Okay. And I think, and this is just my own opinion, the line that's exchanged between Elba, Viola Davis, and John Cena when they're in the prison, and she introduces Bloodsport and gives his backstory, and then gives the exact same backstory for Peacemaker, and he goes, are you fucking kidding yeah. with me? Like, he does the exact same thing I do. Yeah. I think that that was maybe a built-in way for them to go, like, yeah, it could have been Deadshot. It doesn't matter. They all fucking do the same thing. <laughs> right, right. That's They're really all expert point. marksmen. They're all fucking super yeah, they strong. They just need to like, shoot well. They just yeah, need to kill like, well, yeah. We just needed one of them, <laughs> and uh, maybe Deadshot wasn't in prison at the time that she had to go put that fucking project together. That's right. the way that I fucking explained it away in my head, because I feel like it just, with how everything else was laid out, it, that could make sense. And I, th- I thought, like, he worked really well on screen as a character. His background worked. The exchange with him and his daughter in the prison, for me, was really really complicated and incredibly like well acted and Mm -hmm. his daughter i thought did a really fantastic job conveying the emotion that she wanted to feel and the anger and the disdain that she feels towards her father yeah dude and he his response after the fact was just like holy shit (laughs) i oh my god i fucking that scene was so like unexpectedly powerful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was cool that they didn't have him be like almost exactly the same as Yeah. Uh, Deadshot in that he didn't really care as much like about yeah, his daughter, yeah. you know what I mean? He um, just like he got upset because like don't threaten me with my kid. You don't even know what my relationship right. is with her right. as opposed to like and then it became like I want to keep her safe. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he knows what that prison is like. Right. Yeah. You know? So when she kind of alludes to, like, she'd wind up here, he was like, hold the fuck on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't need to yeah. know how old she is to know that she can't fucking be here yeah. of yeah. all places. Right. And that, yeah. I thought, was, like, super powerful, too. And immediately that guilt would fall on his shoulders. Right. Because mm-hmm. she so made it was... a point to say, like, if, it's, if yeah. you don't do this, she's going to come here. 
Yeah. I'm going to make and, it a point. Yeah. So. And he already doesn't want her anywhere near him. <laughs> so he's willing to take the suicide mission to keep his daughter out of that jail. Not any jail, just that jail. <laughs> but yeah, no, like to Paul's point, I think it was really important to make that character different from Deadshot in that way because Will Smith's interaction with his with his daughter would have been much more like oh my god I'm so sorry and he would have been burdened by that the entire movie where it kind of doesn't feel like Bloodsport's necessarily burdened with it once he gets to the island he knows he has a mission and that's it where Will yeah. Smith would have been like looking at a picture of his kid or something <laughs> like that to keep the heart of that in it because he was the heart of the first Suicide Squad movie yeah. to me so not needing that character to be that and, like, Idris Elba's on screen for a lot of this movie, and he's super fucking complex, and he's super interesting, and I, I really think he did a great, great fucking job. And I hope at some point, if they were to continue doing things like this, utilize that character in another way, because I'd love to see him again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. And it was nice, too, because that wasn't his sole motivation throughout the entire movie. Right, right, They right. added to it throughout and they did that with all the characters because they started to feel more like a family. They started to care more about each other. They mm-hmm. started to genuinely raise the stakes because now, okay, yes, it's a suicide mission. However, I don't want to see that person die. And it's interesting that this movie has similar plot beats to the original. Yeah. Because the characters all coalesce at a bar (laughs) and kind of get to know each other better. Like there's all of those kind of things still happen in this, which is like, I feel like it kind of needs to happen. So it's the, the, the style of movie is more of an archetype than really like the specific characters in it, even though a lot of them are similar from the first one. Starro's in it. (laughs) (laughs) Any Starro fans out there, check this out. I think I, including Starro, was awesome. I feel like, of course, because it's a character that is always like the end of the story at the beginning of a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and very rarely like the bulk of the story of a comic book. Yeah. I feel like yeah. they're always like wrapping up, defeating Starro. And then starting a new thing at the beginning of a Justice League book. Like, just in general, the character was uh, terrifying. Like, the fucking yeah. hive mind situation and that the people aren't alive underneath anymore, I think was, like, an interesting concept that I didn't really ever process or think about. Like, it takes hold of their body and it becomes part of it. Yeah. Um, and also it can scream out of its weird <laughs> gill things, which is terrifying. Uh. <laughs> yeah all the zombie stuff was like creepy and cool and like the way that like he like used the his hosts to like communicate and everything or its host their hosts i don't know um <laughs> i just really felt like that like it was quick and done by the end and yeah. like we didn't even talk about thinker but like peter capaldi was like he's a very funny guy but like that scene is what I was talking about when they go into the lab and he's just like, it was the U.S. government and they yeah. <laughs> they were the ones running this the whole time. And I was like, why? Why are you dumping all this right now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
and Ratcatcher says it again to uh, Bloodsport after he takes yeah. down Peacemaker. She's just like, it sucks about how the U.S. government was behind Star Wars <laughs> on the right. building, and he wanted to bring it to the press. I'm like, I just heard that a minute ago. I don't need you to tell me that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, uh, I think when he mentions it the first time, it's more of a catalyst for Rick Flagg to spring into action. Yeah. And then the second time, giving it to a person with a different set of morals, that information he decides to use it as leverage. <laughs> like, right. Rick Flagg wasn't going to necessarily use it as leverage. He was going right. to go slam it on Amanda Waller's desk and go, what the fuck? Well, right. especially Rick Flagg, yeah. another point of, like, the great storytelling in this is, like, he was on the sacrifice team. Yeah. So he's already <laughs> yeah. like, I'm being fucked here. Yeah. And then yeah. he meets the rebels, and he's just like, oh, I can... I can be a different guy. I can, like, be a force yeah. for somewhat good. And then... Like, by the end, when he's already, like, super against Waller and, like, everything that he's, like, being manipulated into, he's like, I have a chance to fucking do something about it, at least. Right. And so you have to think that Waller knew that he would have that reaction had he found out and made it that far. That's why he was on Team One. (laughs) One other thing I loved is... um, Bloodsport arguing back that like I'm not a leader, even though like Waller's like profile of him is like you could be a good leader. Yeah. But like every order he gives in that final battle is the fucking wrong choice. Like he's like hardly <laughs> get up on the building and then Starro falls on the building. Like everything just like got put to shit. And it was like I yeah, didn't he said he wasn't that. a leader. <laughs> I love when he's just like it's your mom. It's <laughs> your mom. <laughs> It's like, he, he, like just just for him to prove that like he was paying attention when they were speaking, right. but he doesn't really care about any of yeah. them. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, you, you fucking keep saying that shit about your mother. There she is. <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking we get like a four-story tall woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That was right. really cool. Yeah. As soon as as soon as Polka Dot Man looked over at him and said, I'm a superhero. I was like, well, he's dead. Yep. Oh yeah. As yeah. soon as he said something, the framing of it. Exactly. Cause it, it also, cause I was texting Brian, Brian about it. And he said the same thing when he saw how they were laid out, you know, that he's done. Yeah. Like ju- without anybody saying anything, just the framing and the positioning of the characters, you know, yeah. Dot man's going down at that moment, yeah. which I think yeah. is so interesting that, Everybody got that. Like it's a unit. It seemed universal at that point that like he's just far enough away. <laughs> We've all accepted this as a thing. He's yeah. about to be crushed to death. <laughs> but he died a hero. So. He did. He, yeah. Rick Flagg's death for me was uh, really hard to swallow because yeah. I love Joel Kinnaman as an actor and. This movie made me love him even more. Yeah. Seeing him die, I that was sucked. not ready for it. But, like, I knew it kind of had to happen. <laughs> yeah. They even went out of the w- their way to, like, specifically show the <laughs> show heart, heart getting stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many layers to it. Because we see the definitive death of Rick Flag, And then we get what we think is a definitive death of Peacemaker. And the wrong person is still alive yeah well and they even 
in that dialogue, yeah. the doctor even makes a mention of it's amazing how his heart is still beating. So yeah. like as the viewer, you're kind of hoping like, oh yeah. man, this could be Rick Flag. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mistook him when they showed him in the bed. I was like, oh, is that Rick Flag? Just because like two muscly white guys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so then you then you realize that Peacemaker survives, right? Yeah. But then you think about what he's what Rick Flag said when Peacemaker kills him. And I feel like that's going to be part of the driving force of that show is him having to live with or understand or kind of get over the fact that he is kind of a joke. <laughs> like, so Cena plays that off really well. And I think that that's going to be part of the psychological thing going forward for that character, which I think is awesome that Rick Flag gets to affect him. And maybe we'll even, like, in the show, hear the echo of him saying some shit. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean. Yeah. You know, with all the crazy shit that happens in that movie, there I wouldn't doubt that there's, like, su- if they really wanted to bring him back, like, they could just bring him back. Like, there's always a fucking, you know, alternate <laughs> reality. There's always a fucking uh, Lazarus pit. Bring them back. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. If, you know, so it's, so. it's possible, but I think as far as the character, like I said, the storytelling perspective, yeah. his death means more yeah. than... As if, like, he just got, like, crushed to death at, right. on the beach or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Because he gets to affect another character moving forward. And yeah. that's he, what's going to, that that makes the character mean more. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely wasn't a throwaway, yeah. And one that's, of, that's cool. One of the things that we didn't talk about was uh, James Gunn embedding a soundtrack into the movie again. I don't know that it was as effective as Guardians' soundtrack was, but just the fact, just how he did it and the songs that he used, I think it was they were super, super effective for this movie. I don't yes. think like this soundtrack isn't gonna get a million re-releases and go fucking platinum. But well, that's the thing. <laughs> I don't think it was trying to. No, this wasn't, wasn't trying to be. A greatest hits right, type right. scenario, right. you know, like it wasn't going out of its way to be a character. Like the right. the soundtrack of Guardians is a character of yeah. that movie. Yeah. Whereas in this, it's just a a way to drive home emotion. Yeah, and it worked. You know? I think it worked really well. I think it worked it's really well. It's the only well. DC movie that has the Decemberists in it, and I am incredibly <laughs> happy about that. The only place yeah. that the soundtrack didn't work for me was it was very jarring to go from the opening title sequence with one song and then mm-hmm. immediately start another song yeah. with yes. me, Idris Elba. Right. It was like that, like you needed to have a bumper. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. I just popped because it was the Decemberists. So. <laughs> so any other final thoughts on the Suicide Squad? Nah, man. I just think it's a a super super fun movie i'm upset i'm honestly upset that i couldn't go see this in a movie theater because i feel like that experience would have been fucking amazing yeah especially for a a first viewing i feel like it would have been great to have a crowd that's reacting to all of the stuff that's happening because it would have just felt so amazing um but yeah i think it's super fucking fun there's so many different elements to it and it was just entertaining from top to bottom. And when it was yeah. over, I was kind of like, fuck, I want to watch that again, like, right away. And luckily, 
I can watch it as many times as I want to <laughs> on HBO Max at home. Uh, and in that article that I said Jordan shared earlier, Joel Kinnaman described his ridiculous, rigorous shooting schedule for this because he's also filming that show that he does on Apple TV at the same time. Mm-hmm. So they had he was like Shit. filming in blocks in Florida and then having to go, or Georgia, and then having to go back to L.A. and then filming. And he was literally doing like sometimes a week at a time going back and forth, sometimes a month. But like they had to really fucking break his schedule down to to get it get it accomplished. So it was because there's so many people in this movie that the schedule's just like I can't imagine. Yeah. When th- like throwing the four of us together to say when are you available is hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> and none of us, I mean, we do shit, but we really don't do anything comparatively. Uh, <laughs> so I can't even imagine the fucking logistical nightmare of looking at everybody's shit laid out and going like. Tuesday, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I would watch it again. I would suggest it to people. Yeah, it makes references to the comics. It's a good movie. It's good and fun. Yeah, I think fun is like a great, like, umbrella for this movie. It's just a wild ride. I don't think it takes itself too seriously, but it also has like a ton of heart. And, yeah. Um, it's very impactful in its in its own way. Yeah, and I, like I would honestly like to see um, these characters come back in like the the Suicide Squad or something. <laughs> the the Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see where Weasel turns up next. Oh man! <laughs> no, do you want to see? <laughs> <laughs> the way that Weasel even just walks is hilarious. I, I want to know either if that was Sean Gunn or if it was James Gunn doing the mocap. It was Sean Gunn. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely Sean. And he got to be Calendar Man. <laughs> <laughs> Which was such a cool yeah. little thing to throw in. And yeah. that's yeah. one of the things that I love about this movie is it works as a standalone thing that you could put on. There's no Anytime. time stamp on it. Yeah. You don't need to watch it in a specific order. You don't yeah. need to watch something that comes before unless you want to. Right. Mm-hmm. It's versatile in that way. And I really like and appreciate that. I appreciate the care that they took to develop actual bonds with these characters. And ultimately, it's a fun fucking comic book movie in yeah. the year 2021 and those are kind of hard to come by at this <laughs> stage i feel like it's got to be up there as like one of the better comic book movies ever if you i mean you have to I, I, when you have that conversation you either have to allow the mcu into it or you have to discredit or you just have to disclaim okay mcu aside what's a good comic book movie um yeah. and if you do that this has to be near the top I feel like universally for everybody it what it doesn't get all of the immediate DC hate that DC typically gets yeah true. which is interesting because I think poaching a guy that established something for the other company definitely helps the fucking credibility of it and you have the crossover appeal with the fans that oh I liked his other shit but don't bring your kids to this there's not a fucking cute raccoon <laughs> No, there's a tiny little rat, though, that's pretty cute. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Sebastian. Sebastian. Little Sebastian. Who was also practical for a lot of the movie, apparently, which I didn't believe. There's two rats who are credited, and one of them is named Jaws, <laughs> and the other one's name is Crisp Rat. 
That's awesome. Dude, the dude Sebastian had more personality than like some characters in other movies do. Yeah. Like these days. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Just goes to show the level of care that that entire production team put into this. I know they shot a lot of shit practically. Yeah. Uh, the movie itself is gorgeous. I love the colors. Yeah. The, yep. Like everything. Uh, I'm a big fan. Can't wait to own this movie. Um, but we want to hear from you. We want to know what you guys thought. It was available on HBO Max. If you're listening to this within the 30 day window that yeah. it is available on there. If you get the chance, go see it in a theater. Starro was incredible on the I'm large sure. screen. <laughs> the scope of those scenes with the buildings collapsing was fantastic in a theater. So if you're That's able cool. to go see it in a theater, if not, check it out on HBO Max and let us know what you think. Mm. Uh, you could find us across social media at PopCanon, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We also have a brand new Facebook group that you can join Ooh. if you're on there. We're going to have a bunch of polls and topics and discussion in there. It's the Pop Cannon Collective. So find that at facebook.com slash groups slash Pop Cannon Collective. <laughs> you can also subscribe to the show uh, on your preferred podcast platform. Probably where you're listening to this now. And if you are, you probably already subscribed. And we thank you for that. But... Make sure that you do subscribe. We're also on YouTube where you can see our glowing, beautiful, delicious faces. <laughs> Make sure you hit subscribe, and then there's a notification bell you could click to turn yeah. on. And then you'll always know when we post new episodes. It's every other Wednesday. And on your preferred podcast platform, throw a rating and review our way. We'd like to have more of those. So if you're listening to these current episodes and you're not filling through our backlog <laughs> please drop a rating and review tell us what you liked tell us what you didn't like tell us who your favorite person is on the show and tell us who your least favorite person is on the show <laughs> so we'll so we can rank ourselves and fight among one another about it <laughs> so if you would like to follow us individually those of you that you actually like uh, you could find me on Instagram and Twitter at JL24FPS should I follow suit? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Yesball. <laughs> Paul doesn't have yeah. a Twitter. So you have to go to his house and tell him why you don't like him. But you can tell <laughs> me why you don't yeah. like me uh, at Joe for Broke <laughs> on Twitter. And Send me a letter. <laughs> Paul, Fox, I hate Paul. <laughs> we put Paul's home address up. <laughs> I'm just putting I just it in the lower third. Yeah, just just, yeah. just dox me. Oh uh, shit. So thank you very much for watching and or listening. Stay tuned. Very very soon we've got new content coming at you. Uh my name is Jordan. I'm Robert. Paul. Joe. And this has been Popcan in episode 60. Thank you and we'll see you on the next one.